When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. At around six months of age, we begin to introduce our babies to solid food. Most people buy or make puree fruits and vegetables. What if you could skip the puree stage and go straight to real, whole food? Baby-led weaning explodes the myth that babies need to be spoon-fed and encourages self-feeding and food exploration. What does that look like, and how do you get started? We're here with Jill Rapley, and this is Parent Savers, episode 31. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I am your host, Casey Wilt. Parent Savers is all about helping new parents from the baby years to the toddler years. So download the free app, sign up for the free newsletter, like us on Facebook, send us an email, or call our hotline. This is your show. We want you to be involved. We have amazing experts at our fingertips, so shoot us a line and we'll get your questions answered. We also have a new option of joining our Parent Savers Club, and it's where you can download the archived episodes and get exclusive content and so much more. So I'm a new parent. My son is, uh, Carson is almost 23 months old and I'm joined by two new parents in the studio. Uh, hi, my name is Sunny Galt. I am the host and producer of our sister show, Preggy Pals, which is all about pregnancy. I am 34 years old. I have two children, two boys. One is about six months old and one is over two. Hi, I'm Jen Long. I am 32. I'm a stay-at-home mom and mother to my beautiful daughter, Madison, who's nine months old. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Before we begin today's show, here's Amy Sorter with some eco-friendly tips for new parents. Hello, Parent Savers. I'm Amy Sorter, ecopreneur and co-founder of ecosavvymoms.com, where you can find information for your family on going green, saving money, and looking great doing it. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of reducing your energy costs and saving money by following a few general rules. One of the biggest things I like to do is monitor my AC usage. Central air conditioning can be the biggest energy user. I know it accounts for up to 33% of your energy bill. What I like to do is keep energy costs down by regularly changing or cleaning the unit's filters and always setting it to 78 degrees between 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Better yet, consider using ceiling or room fans instead of central AC to save up to 90% on your cooling costs. You will see a big change in your energy bill. Now, important also, too, to keep your kids involved in trapping the cold air in the house. Saving energy is keeping warm air out, 
and not letting the cool air escape. To do so, make sure your windows and doors are lined with weather stripping, and don't forget to remind your children to keep those doors closed while the AC is running. The refrigerator can be another big energy user, gobbling up 20% of the energy your home uses. Help it run more efficiently by cleaning the coils, making sure the seals are nice and tight, and maintaining the right temperature setting. Another thing I like to do is minimize my hot water usage. To save energy wasted by the hot water heater, I usually set the device to approximately 120 degrees. I wash my clothes and the dishes in cold water instead of hot water, and also I've installed low-flow shower heads and faucet aerators to help save water and other energy used. Another important thing, dim the lights. Well, not literally, but I like to do a save energy cost all year round with energy efficient lighting. CFLs use 75% less energy and last up to 10 times longer than incandescent lighting. And the last thing, of course, is beware of energy vampires. I know vampires are all the rage these days, but energy vampires aren't. Some products like DVD players, office equipment, video games, phone chargers, those kind of folks continue to draw power even when they're turned off or in standby mode. If an electronic device has a glowing red or green light, chances are it's using phantom power. And depending on how many of these energy vampires you have around your house, this wasted energy can really add up. Inexpensive gadgets like energy use monitors, power timers, and smart strips can help reduce phantom power and lower your energy use by up to 15%. For more information on how to reduce your energy costs and other parent-friendly eco-tips, visit www.ecosavvymoms.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ecosavvymoms. And don't forget to make it a green day. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today on Parent Savers, we have Jill Rapley, and she's the author of Baby Led Weaning, and it's teaching us what baby led weaning is and the benefits to skipping purees. Well, Jill, we are so excited to have you here. We're calling you from the UK, and uh, we're just so excited to to talk about this topic. So um, let's start off. What is baby led weaning? And I know um, in the States, we have a different word for weaning. Weaning for us is um, weaning off of breastfeeding or anything. So can you explain that a little bit? Okay, well, let's tackle that word weaning to start with. Um, actually, weaning is a whole long process that really begins with the first mouthful of anything that isn't breast milk. So although generally in the States and in a lot of other countries it's used to mean the end of breastfeeding, it can actually mean the beginning of that process, which is way back, because during that whole time the baby is gradually coming away from the breast as its main source of nourishment. So baby-led weaning means not just letting the baby choose the end of weaning, uh, when, it sh- when breastfeeding should stop, but actually letting him choose the beginning as well, when to get started, how to get started, and letting him do it himself. Well, some pediatricians want babies to eat solids before six months. They say four to six months. Is baby-led weaning applicable at four months? Not really, because at four months, babies aren't able to sit upright and take food to their mouths and chew it and so on. Um, the four to six months thing is uh, a little outdated now. There's no need for babies, especially fully breastfed babies, but also babies fed on a regular formula to have solids before six months. And it seems like nature was telling us that that 
was the case, that's why it gave babies these skills at around six months to reach and grab and take stuff to their mouths. So how does baby led weaning work? It revolves around family meal times because it's about treating the child as a respected member of the family from the word go. So the baby will sit up to the table with the parents and our siblings in a high chair or on mom or dad's lap and they'll be offered food that everybody else is eating. It means that the whole family needs to eat healthy food that the baby can share without added salt and sugar and so on. Um, and then the food is offered in the sort of shape that the baby can grasp with their fist. Um, at six months, they, they don't have a pincer grip. They can't pick up small pieces of food, so they need big chunks and sort of french fry shapes. But if they have big chunks, is that too big for them to swallow or anything? I know we're going to talk a little bit about choking in the last bit, in the next segment, but what if they can't grab it with their hand? They still don't have that capability. They just kind of hit it with their hands. Well, at six months, they should be grabbing. Um, and I think that's where the four to six months things come in. Some babies will be ready slightly earlier, some slightly later. But at around six months, they actually can grab, and that's the point. They can, as long as the piece is kind of a size that will fit in their fist nicely, with a bit sticking out the top, because what they can't do is release it very easily from within their hand. So it needs to be bigger than you'd imagine. And then they, they chomp on it. Yeah, sure, they may bite off a small part. Usually at first, when they first start, they'll chew and it'll fall out of their mouth because they don't yet have the capability to swallow it purposefully. What they're doing really, it's not about eating, it's about exploring. It seems that what motivates babies to move on to solid foods is not hunger because at six months their milk can provide all the nutrition that they need. What it is is discovering their world, finding out about it. And then they discover it has taste, they can work out new textures, they can practice the skills they need so that by the time they actually do need it as food, they're very, very capable of managing it. Can you stick the item of food in their hand and then they eat it? Or the other question I have is if the food falls out of their mouth, do you put it back in or do you let them do it? It's very important that nobody puts food in the baby's mouth except themselves. Um, Choking, we can, as you say, we'll talk about that a bit later, but actually one of the things that, that makes choking more likely is if somebody else is in control of what goes in your mouth. You only have to think about how you would feel if you were being fed something to know that you have to kind of coordinate your breathing and everything to, to, to make it feel safe. So it's only the baby who should put stuff in their mouth. If it falls out, that's a really good sign that they're really not quite ready to swallow yet. That doesn't mean they can't explore and taste and practice chewing. It just means that as, as in terms of actually eating, they really don't need it just yet. How about putting it in their hand to then, if they can't grab it, could you, you know, help them grab it? Is that still okay? Um, really, they can grab it. If they can't, it, it, or you can hold it out to them, offer it to them, but you shouldn't need to put it in their hand. If they can't actually grab it out of you, they may not be able to pick it up off a tray very easily, but if they can't grab it out of your hand and they're really not ready, if you would put food into a younger child's hand, then as a sort of reflex, they will grasp it, but they don't really know what they're doing. And so, and they would be unlikely to be able to aim accurately for their mouth anyway. But at six months, they can see what the, their hand-eye coordination is good. They can reach forward, they could grab. So yeah, we can hold it up to them, offer it hand to hand, um, uh, if they have trouble picking it up off the tray. But uh, we, we don't need to actually put it in their hand for them and close their fist around it. If, if they can't do that, they're not ready. Are there some babies that maybe just aren't suitable for baby lead weaning? Or would you say that most babies, you know, um, should be able to do this? Most, the vast majority of babies can do this because this is just normal development. If, if they're picking up their toys and mom's cell phone and so on and taking that to their mouth, then, then they have the capability to do this. 
Where it might not work so well is if the child has some sort of disability or a problem, an anatomical problem with, with chewing and swallowing with their throat. Um, also, some babies who are born very preterm may possibly need foods before they're actually able to feed themselves. But I think what we have to bear in mind is that baby dead weaning is about maximizing your baby's skill and autonomy. So even if a baby has a disability or something that, that means they can't do this fully, there's no reason why they can't do it to the best of their ability. I've had a lot of parents say to me that, that they weren't able to implement it fully if, because of a problem their child had, but they're so grateful that they were allowed to maximize what their child could do for himself instead of him being labeled as, as incapable. Now, what if your child is on the skinny side and that um, supplementing with this food actually does help them increase you know, their weight and everything else, but yet they're not getting a lot in their mouth? Is that, I mean, I guess up for controversy because you know food is supplemental up until the first year? What do you think about that? The best and most easily digested food for a baby is breast milk or a child of any age. That has got the most nutrients per ounce or whatever. Hmm. So there is no better food if you need to put on weight than breast milk. Formula would be a close second. Um, any other food is not going to have the, the intensity, the, the um, kind of concentration of nutrients and calories that milk has. And one of the risks of starting solids early is that actually the babies will fill up on solids and lose their appetite for milk. I've certainly seen babies start to lose weight if they start solids too early for that very reason. So if a baby is skinny at around six months, they need either that's the way they're meant to be or they need more milk. They don't need solid foods. You know, it's interesting, um, Jill, I, as a as a parent who's actually following the baby led weaning um, philosophy in feeding my daughter at um, our four month appointment, we were told that our daughter was too skinny and um, that if she was ever sick, we were going to have to hospitalize her and put her on IVs to get her better. And so we were told we had to start solids right away. And there was, an, I knew that she wasn't ready for it. And um, we, we definitely didn't start, we didn't start until six months. And um, I got a lot of pushback because here in the U.S., this baby led weaning concept is f- pretty foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was amazed. I'm amazed at how um, dexterous my daughter is now at nine months after feeding herself for three months with picking up foods. She tries all sorts of different things. Um, but how do you, our, our pediatricians asked us to introduce uh, more fats because she is uh, a very, she's a thin, tall, and slender baby. Um and although I breastfeed exclusively and she gets foods, they've told us that we need to add some fattier foods in to help with that. What would you suggest in something like that? Because ice cream just melts between the fingers when you pick yeah. them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple of things there, really. One is that a lot of breastfed babies are tall and skinny. That's the way they're meant to be. And we have a huge problem with obesity in, in the U.S. and the U.K. currently. And yet we're still worrying about the kids that, that don't weigh a lot. Um, if they have energy and they're healthy, uh, then they're obviously the way they're meant to be. Um, children manage their own appetite, especially children who've been breastfed. They know when to stop eating. If we fill them up with calories, they'll just eat less. 
if we fortify the food with, with fat, they'll, they'll probably eat less volume to make up for it because they're in control of their, of their diet. The only way to fatten up a skinny child who is healthy and eating according to their own appetite is to force them or persuade them or cajole them into eating more. And we all know that the, the problems that that can lead to with the relationship with food. So uh, in terms of fat, it's important to, to perhaps state that babies uh, under two don't need low-fat foods. They need full-fat um, milk, cream, cheese, whatever. Um, but beyond that, to actually add fat uh, is, is a bit of an outdated concept. That, that's kind of what I thought. I just I wanted to ask. I wanted that affirmation because <laughs> that's what we that's definitely how we are. We definitely aren't pushing things on her that she doesn't want or really need. So it's it's great too. I'm actually like jumping up and down in my chair right now. <laughs> we get to talk to you. I probably should add a slight caveat. I I actually am not a nutritionist or a dietitian, and I know that they would they sometimes have strong views on this. But they tend, and like with pediatricians, their concern is mainly with sick children. They don't see the children who are well and running around and, and fine, thank you very much. And this is, um, from my background, it's more of a behavior thing. And I, I honestly believe that forcing kids to eat things they don't want to or when they don't want to or more than they want to is a recipe for a problem later. I have a friend of mine and she does uh, purees and then her sister-in-law does baby led weaning. So when they were all the family, um, the mother or the mother-in-law of, um, was harping, oh, pick, pick up that food. He can't, he can't grasp it because they followed baby led weaning and um, their child wasn't able to grasp the food. So the child was eating, wasn't eating very much. What about those pincer um, capabilities? What if they don't have them right at six months or can you help your child? Can you put food in their mouth or put food on a utensil that they put in their mouth? What are ways to help them get the food or do you just go, okay, well, you didn't eat the food. We just toss it and try next meal. I think we have to ask ourselves why we're so desperate to see babies eating food. They, they really, as we said earlier, they really don't need great quantities at this stage. Um, certainly between, say, six months and nine months, if they eat large quantities of solid food, they'll eat less milk. So actually their nutrition isn't benefiting at all. They need very small quantities on top of their milk. It's fine to offer them, say, a preloaded spoon. That's great. Um, but again, they need to be in control of what goes in their mouth and, and how much and so on. Um, pincer move, a pincer grip is the thumb and forefinger grip, and that's quite important for picking up very small things. But there may be a safety reason why babies of, say, six months actually can't pick up peas and raisins and so on. Um, and the bigger pieces of food are much easier for them to handle. As they get, they get uh, more advanced, they learn. There's no harm in putting food in front of a baby and letting him try, letting him learn with, say, rice or peas or whatever. But if he can't do it, then there's probably a reason why. We need to start with, with pieces sort of two, three inches long and um, about like a chunky French fry, a, a thick French fry to, to um, pick up that sort of shape. And most vegetables can be cut into that sort of shape. Some things are like that. I mean, green beans are great, um, asparagus. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's quite easy to find foods that are that sort of shape and then mimic that with the other foods. So bell peppers, potato, carrot, they can all be cut into the right sort of shape. And those babies can manage easily. And I, I've learned that I don't even, mo I don't even modify what we're eating um, as, the, as parents. Um, I make a healthy meal and she gets food off of 
like she has her own plate of our food. So we had a chicken tortilla soup the other day and she actually had soup on her tray. Now <laughs> she didn't have all the liquid and <laughs> it was quite messy, um, but she had pieces of chicken. And Lovely. I, I mean, I, I just love love baby lead weaning it's amazing and and i've read on web on your site and other places you just kind of be expect for a mess right absolutely it is messy but then that's what learning's all about it's really fascinating that some daycares and nurseries have messy play for kids but they don't let them make a mess when they eat this we, i think we've really mixed ourselves up well because you don't play with your food that's what you're taught growing up yeah, I think we have to really understand what kids, what young children are doing when they're playing. They're not playing as in for amusement, like you and me. They're playing for learning and discovery. It's not the same meaning of play. It's important that they find out how to pick up a strawberry without squishing it, for example. How do you know that if you've never actually worked it out for yourself? So this is important learning time. And what parents tell me is that actually these babies learn very, very quickly because they're given lots of practice. Every day they can have a go whenever anyone else is eating. And so they very quickly stop being messy and are very capable and, and tidy eaters uh, when they're in their early toddlerhood. Well, great. This is a great conversation. Thank you. So we're going to talk more about choking and the big pieces that go in the mouth in a minute. So we'll discuss this some more when we return. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back on Parent Savers. We have Jill Rapley, author of Baby Led Weaning, and she's teaching us about baby led weaning and what it is and the benefits to skipping puree. What types of foods should we not cut up and let them gnaw and suck on? And what do you cut up and how small? Really, babies can manage uh, a variety of shapes and sizes quite quickly. So I don't think of any foods that we should not cut up. Or there well, I mean like a piece of steak or something like that if you're, if you're doing meat to your child. Do you cut it up in small bits or do you give them a big old piece and let them just kind of gnaw on it? You give them a big piece, a big chunk that they can hold in their fist. Yeah, there's no, it's, if you would, you, you can cut it up small and they won't be able to pick it up, simple. Um, so cut it big to start with and then gradually as they get better at it, it can be smaller. Meat can be tricky to, to prepare for babies. With a bit of steak, they can, they can have a good old suck and gnaw on it. Um, but if you would cook beef really long and slow, then it becomes quite crumbly. Uh, sort of stewing beef, and, and they can manage that easily. Chicken, easy. Um, ground beef in made into pat homemade patties or burgers, they can manage that. Um, so we're, we're talking about finger foods, size that, that sandwich size, that sort of thing, and, and French fry size. Um, we can offer smaller things, and they'll surprise us by how quickly they learn to pick them up. But we need to kind of get our thinking the other way around. We work from big through to small, not the other way around. I find this conversation happening a lot with my mom friends. They, they can go, what about the choking? I get so worried. He's choked on this or he's choked on that um, when he's eating. Um, how does that look different for baby-led weaning kids? 
Um, okay, up front it's important to say there's no guarantees anybody can choke at any time, adult or child, but we do have this fixation that children are really, really at risk of choking. And I think we have to look at the sort of things that make choking more risky. And one is having something, somebody else put something in your mouth for you. One is using a sucking movement to get the food in, and babies use a sucking movement when they're spoon-fed. Um, the idea that kids won't choke if we spoon-feed them is just not correct. It's not borne out in practice. Um, when you take something off a, off a spoon, as a young baby, you tend to suck it in like you or I would do with a thick soup, say tomato soup. Um, but when we take in food, when we bite it first, we do something different. Um, there are lots of foods we wouldn't normally use a spoon for. And uh, even if we do, with our, like our breakfast cereal, we take it in in a different way. It starts off in the front of them at our mouth, which is where we chew it. We're not sucking it to the back straight away. If you try and suck in, let's say, minestrone soup, you're going to choke. So we need the child to be in control and let them, if they're sitting upright, anything that is causing a problem will tend to fall back out. What they do do quite often is to gag at first, which is like a sort of vomity, retching kind of movement. And that's very common because it's triggered very far forward in the mouth in the young baby. And I think, you know, this hasn't been kind of explored or identified, but it seems to me that this is actually a way to help them learn how far to push something back. And it's actually a protective thing. And that you'll trigger a gag long before the food is anywhere near the airway. So when they're gagging, they're not necessarily choking. No, exactly. It's a different okay. movement. It's a movement designed to bring the food forward for more chewing. It looks as if they're going to vomit. And mm-hmm. some babies do bring up a bit of milk that they've previously had, say. But it doesn't seem to bother them. And you get worried as a parent seeing your child like that. Sure. It's, it's really scary for parents. But it really doesn't bother the babies. You, we just have to take a deep breath, count to five, and they'll fine and they just carry on eating as if nothing happened Hmm. very occasionally they will actually have a we don't have very good words for this it's choking but it's not real choking where they cough and splutter a bit like you or I do if we get a crumb caught that can happen too sometimes but again if they're sitting upright they're going to be fine they're going to sort it out themselves true choking is extremely rare and very unlikely except with foods like whole nuts Uh, we would perhaps cut up grapes or cherry tomatoes just to be on the safe side but it's extremely uncommon Um, and it tends to happen with kids putting other things in their mouths uh, not necessarily with food Um, interestingly enough a lot of parents tell me that when their baby led weaned babies become toddlers they they seem to be much less interested in putting things in their mouths than their than their peers maybe because they've learned what's edible and what isn't can you go back and forth between baby led weaning and purees or is it more okay you've got to stick with one or the other because you're going to confuse the baby I don't think babies are as easily confused as we think, but it, it, it's not about, it, it's about a different approach, not just about, because uh, this isn't just another way to cut up your food. It's fine to alternate between soft foods, runny foods, pureed foods, and sticks of food, pieces of food, as long as the baby's always the one in control. What we don't want to do is alternate between allowing a baby to feed himself and insisting on feeding him. Those, that would be unfair and would, they would get a little, they might not get confused, but they would get cross about that. That's what I was wondering because, you know, sometimes do you just kind of get the parent, feed him the puree because you got to go and you got to hurry and you don't have the time to let them sit and explore. But then other meal times, there's the time to sit and explore. You wouldn't recommend that. 
Um, some babies are very, very tolerant and they'll go with it, but others have had a taste of what it's like to be independent and autonomous, and, and they're really not keen to be fed by someone else. Um, but some will, will are happier at certain times of the day for that to happen. But baby-led weaning is a whole different approach to, to sharing mealtimes and respecting a baby and trusting a baby. And so it's actually very difficult to suddenly decide not to do that between uh, certain times of certain days. I go out and about, my son's now almost two, and a lot of people will go, wow, it's so great. He feeds himself. He doesn't rely on you to feed him. And at a, a young age, I didn't worry about choking. I put a lot of food in front of him, and he, he did a lot of this, um, I guess, baby-led weaning. But we did do purees, and we started out as purees. And my son likes to eat. He eats a lot. So whether I'm feeding him and giving, you know, shoveling in his mouth because we have to go, or at dinner time, um, I lay a, um, an assortment of food in front of him. He's happy just because there's food being presented and he wants to eat it. Um, so I, I don't know. It's one of those situations where I guess I'm, I'm on the fence with both of them. Um, I do both things. And, um, you know, was that was that incorrect per se? Should I have I done one or stick to the other? There's no correct or incorrect. I mean, parenting is an is a, 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 a just a nightmare, isn't it? Of, of yeah. being guilty about this <laughs> and that. Um, it's the thing is that if you have even embraced baby led weaning, then you have a respect for your child, which means that yes, there be days when you want to encourage him to eat more quickly, and, and lots of babies are very happy to be fed sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the point is, you're not going to push them to finish the plate full or whatever in the way that, that children used to be forced into eating more than they wanted. You're going to still have that underlying respect for your baby and understand when he's saying, no, this is enough. And, and so in that sense, you're not really alternating, but you're just you know, asking him to cooperate with you with a different way some days. And that's fine because he can choose to do that. I, you know, I um, I started just recently. We've picked up some of the pouches of the puree pouches because those are so easy when you're out and about, and you just. I know she's hungry and mm-hmm. she doesn't want breast milk because she just ate and she's drained me completely and she doesn't want that anymore, but she wants more food. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always wondered. I've started to wonder: am I am I confusing her by giving her these pouches to eat? I don't think she thinks there's a kind of either or. It's just, oh, okay, we're going to have this today, are we? And if she's happy with it, that's fine. So yeah. no problem. Well, I always um, think the difference is, too, is I'm not I'm not squeezing it for her. I just hand her the pouch, and half sure. the time it ends up all over her. But <laughs> she's getting that's better. That's baby-led. It's, it's not a problem with the purees. It's a problem with the spoon-feeding and the forcing of food on babies. That's really the difference. But that's no different than offering her some hummus to dip something into, you know? Yeah. All, there are lots of different consistencies of food. It's not the consistency of food that's the issue. It's whether or not the baby's being allowed to make the choices. And what I'm also hearing is that if you do choose to spoon-fed purees, is that even then, listen to your baby's cues. If they sh- they purse their mouth shut, they turn their head, um, you listen to that and not finish the jar or the bowl. Absolutely, absolutely. Whereas in the past, moms were taught, well, you have to make them eat. You have to play games. You have to trick them. You have to put a bit of the nice food on top of the nasty food. And, you know, all those uh, things where we would play games and tricks on babies. And then we wonder why they're distrustful and, <laughs> and suspicious of food. I think that was the recipe for problems. Is is there an order of safe foods that we should be doing with our daughter and our with baby led weaning to support their growing digestive system? Well, yeah, just like in purees, you do you know some foods first, and then your next foods. Do you still follow that? I think we have to remember that most of that advice um, was applicable to babies being started on foods at four months. When actually, what we were saying then was 
they're really not ready for this. We have to tread carefully. If you've waited till six months, you really don't need to, to tread, you know, in that in that sort of way. Um, if there's allergies in the family, then you want to be careful about certain foods. But in general, they are much more robust at six months. Their digestive system is ready for these other foods, um, and 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 that's the whole. Uh, that's why baby red weaning works so well at six months. So broccoli at six months is you don't need to wait till nine months. No, absolutely not. Wow, it's um, you know it's amazing to me since I do this when I go out with friends or with my family, um, especially like with my mom. She, I've handed my daughter um, a carrot to gnaw on, and I have pictures of it. And then I get phone calls from my mom, and she's like, "She's gnawing on a carrot. You're gonna choke your child." And I, I laugh because she she hasn't choked yet. Mm-hmm. She's nine months old. She's been doing this for three months now. We haven't had a single problem. And she will pick up pretty much any food we give her. And, I mean, I had a burrito one day, and she took a bite of my burrito. We had pizza. I mean, it's amazing. Curries. I just I can't imagine giving just a bland puree food to her now. Mm-hmm. I think we have to remember that a lot of our experience with babies choking is because they ha- perhaps because they haven't been allowed to experiment and learn in their own time from the moment they were first ready to. Certainly I've seen babies of let's say around eight, nine months who are allowed to feed themselves for the first time at that age, having been puree fed up till then, and they just stuff their mouths like a little hamster. They don't seem to know when to stop because they don't haven't learned about the chewing phase. They just get food in, swallow it, in, swallow, in, <laughs> swallow, and they don't know there's a middle bit, so they just stuff away. Possibly because this gag reflex trigger point has moved back slightly by then, they are inclined to push things too far back um, and, and, and make themselves cough and sputter. So it seems that by starting them practicing, when they first are able to bring foods to their mouths, helps them learn gradually and gently instead of being thrown in at the deep end when they're already eating quantities. Well, great. Thank you so much. Um, This has been a great conversation. Thanks to Jill Rapley for helping us learn about baby lead weaning. If you want more information, go to today's show on our episodes page on our website or visit rapleyweaning.com. You can also buy her book, Baby Led Weaning, on our Amazon bookstore on the website. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Parent Savers. It's Dwayne Richards for the blog that I do at work. It's all about being a new dad. And today we're talking about being a dad to a daughter. Now, Subconsciously, there are some dads out there who want to have a son. And you know what? I love raising a daughter. I think it is the coolest thing in the world having a little girl that I'm totally responsible for and being the primary role model in her life. Male role model, that is. I've learned so many things when it comes to raising a daughter. Like, for example, the clothes that girls wear. Like, I had no idea what jeggings were prior to having a daughter. Jeggings, I guess they're jeans and leggings put together. Listen, I'm a champ now. I can buy jeggings like it's going out of style, and I don't think it's going out of style anytime soon. And also, I have a strong affinity towards Hello Kitty. I just love it. And actually, I 
put a Hello Kitty decal on my keychain because my daughter loves Hello Kitty so much. And also, some of the things that I call her are unbelievable, like Snookums, Love Bugs, Angel Sauce, Cack and Cute Face. I mean, who does that? That's what being a dad to a daughter does for you. It's the craziest thing ever, but it is such a wild ride. I love it so much, and if we're lucky enough to have a second kid, I'm kind of rooting for it being a daughter. Thank you so much for listening, and if you have an idea for a parenting topic that you'd like to talk to us about, please email me through my blog at daddydoingwork.com, or you can post your ideas on my Facebook page. Thanks a lot, and I'll see you in the future. Bye-bye. That wraps up today's episode. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions for our expert about today's show or the topics we discussed, call our Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775 or send us an email through our website, parentsavers.com or Facebook page, and we'll answer your question in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening to Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.